the Spud Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you who, the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and our Ola. I am Spud Goodman. <laughs> Spud Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to one of the gosh darn most entertaining radio shows now broadcasting on Earth. Too strong of a boast? Well, I don't want to hide behind legalese here, but understand I said one of the most entertaining radio shows on earth. Please don't try and hold me accountable for stating something you may feel I can't back up, i.e. false advertising. I went on the internet and found out that I am on semi-strong legal ground here. And if I'm wrong, well, well, good luck going after my assets, okay? Unless you want to seize my fungus collection or my Smokey and the Bandit lunchbox sets. Because I'm rich in stuff but just not in stuff that's worth anything. So keep that in mind if you really think you can squeeze anything out of me. Hell no, you can't! Okay, I I need to move on here and introduce our designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a decent chortle. (laughs) So, how was it? That was more than serviceable. Thank you. Okay. And now I must acknowledge the show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, Go ahead and mumble something so I can get... Going with the show? Oh, uh, well, you, you know, I'm not a mumbler, Spud, but uh, let me just say how excited I am to be part of this show. It is an honor to sit beside you. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'm aware it's for... an honor for you. And yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's still nice to hear. Uh, actually, you could even say it again if you want. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, no. no I, 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 I don't, I don't want to beat a dead horse by repeating myself, De- be- you know. Beat a dead horse? Yeah. What does that mean? What kind of person, or like, especially like a cowboy in, say, Texas, what kind of cowboy would want to hit a horse, let alone a dead one? Well, I mean, I mean, they don't, they would never do that. Okay, I am a member of PETA, okay? And do you want me to unleash them on you? They don't play around, man. Um, I think it'd be actually. No, 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 no. It's, it's just a saying. Uh, my grandfather, saying? yeah, he used to Stupid use it all saying. the time. Uh, listen, I want you and all the other PETA members listening to know I would never strike a horse, alive or dead. My goodness. Well, I sure hope not. Now, now I can understand, though, like going after that Loch Ness monster with a crowbar as, as knocking it out would be in the best interest of modern man, at least on YouTube. Because can you even guess how many views he would get if you got good footage of it? Hey, footage yeah. of it, like, unconscious, just, you know, just basically taking a nap, especially after that Shape of Water movie. Oh, well, It'd be really hot. well, really, Spud, knocking out the Loch Ness Monster would be tough. It's very know, yeah. sneaky from what I've read, you know. Uh, mostly it's the now you see it, now you don't deal. So it would be problematic, and good luck with immobilizing it. I don't think it's going to happen. 
Yeah, I know, you're probably right. But let's move on, because what I wanted to talk about on this show is something that's, that's been around for a while, and I, I pretty much ignored it, and even when MTV made a show about it. Well, yeah, I, I, you must be referring to that Jersey Shore show. I uh, loved it, and you know they're bringing it back this year. No, I'm... Yeah, it's going to be called Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Why can't you get Polly D or the situation on this show? Yes! You know, Mrs. Jarvis, I, I'm not familiar with that program. It, it was on that MTV. <laughs> I'm not talking about Jersey Shore here, okay? No, mm. I, I was thinking of Catfish. You know, the show about people getting punked, thinking they're having an online romance, but in reality it's just a scam? Well, you know that show. Now, who, who would do such a thing? And, and who would want to watch such a show? Courtney? Chloe? Um, well, I've watched a few episodes, but uh. it didn't do much for me. But... From what I read in this article, it's happened to a buttload of people, like recently even. Um, and most of the stories did not have a happy ending. I just don't know anyone personally who's had this happen to them. It would make for an interesting segment. I wanted to ask our listeners out there if anyone has you know, had this happen to them. And if so, give us a call right now. Even if the rest of this show is boring, that should make for interesting radio, don't you think? Oh, well, it would depend on who was punked. If someone was just lonely and didn't really care if the person stringing them along was real or not, then that would be kind of boring too, right? Again, who would want to do this sort of thing? I really must not fully understand what's going on with the World Wide Web situation. What are you objectifying on? Uh, you think? It's best, you know, you just stay on your ham radio and enjoy yourself. <laughs> hey, yeah. If anybody out there has, has been catfished, though, and, and it's a really sad or tragic story, give us a call. Hey, hey, uh, Chance, uh, the intern, or yeah, you, yeah, uh, get somebody on the board. Play that uh, studio jingle of ours. Call in the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. 253-242-3054. Call the spud line, call the spud line and give them a piece of your mind. Call the spud line. Yeah, that was like way too long. But anyway, but whoever's going to call, make sure you did not have a positive experience. Because if you did, don't bother calling us and bothering you know us with that because we're just going to hang up on you. No one wants to hear happy ending catfish stories. But right now, it's time for our musical guest, who I will be speaking with a little later on in the program. Here is the Jim Bass Knight Band. Pressure like a frostbite sting 
Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Spud Show. Anyway, I think you are. You're not. You're a communist. Uh, Deuce, uh, I'm not even listening to the Spud Show. What the hell am I talking about? Hey, uh, Spud. Your first guest, Jim Florentine, is holding for you. Okay. I know you have no clue who this guy is. No. So for your information, he's a stand-up comedian who kind of made his mark in the heavy metal music scene. Hmm. Um, I mean, he hosted that metal show on VH1, and he's on Ozzy Osbourne's Boneyard channel on Sirius XM. And I, I think his uh, podcast, Comedy Metal Midgets, is one of the highest-rated ones on iTunes right now. Yeah, well... And it, for years, actually. If you say so. Yeah. Well, he's also an actor, like he was in Amy Schumer's Trainwreck, a very funny movie. Trainwreck. Okay, now, that was a TV movie of the week, right? Like on NBC or CBS? What are you people? On dope? Seriously? Seriously. Do you live in an underground bunker? No, no, I do not. We live in a very nice four-bedroom rambler with oh, a semi-finished boy. basement and a fenced yard, too, if you're curious. Look, alternative facts are not facts. No, I don't think anyone's interested. Just put Jim through, please. Here he is. Welcome comedian, actor, podcast host, and author Jim Florentine. Hey, thanks for checking in with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so you have a new book out that's available everywhere, and if not, people need to ask for it. Everybody is awful, except you. I appreciate the exemption tossed in at the end of the title, but I have extensive experience being called awful and stuff in my marriages, so I can handle it myself. 
Well, yeah, I, you know what? I feel like it, 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 people have called it out. Like, is that a cop out? Like, you don't want to offend people? I go, no, not at all. It's more of like, if you're reading this book and getting it and understanding it, you're you're not the awful one. It's everybody else. Oh, okay. All right, got it. Okay. Um, so what's in your top three most annoying aspects of modern life? Or maybe, maybe just the number three is the top two are probably too much for you to get into right now. Uh, Facebook, you know, Facebook and slang words, everybody using different slang words and people taking pictures of their food. That's all I, I, a lot of so what I talk about in the book. You know, with Facebook, everybody's either bragging, looking for attention or looking for sympathy. Those are the three posts that everyone has. And, I, you know, you could see I put the actual Facebook post in the book and I comment on those posts, the real posts. Uh, yeah. You know, in the morning, sometimes Facebook can be just too much for I don't know about you. But and I, and I always, you know, those hair restoration ads and stock market crash and stuff. I mean, it's just too much. Do, do you try to not even look at Facebook in the morning? That's what I would advise people. Yeah, I don't look at it at all. I have a podcast where people send in, like, if they think I won't like a Facebook post, they'll send it in to me, and i got to sit and read them, and it makes me angry. I'm like, I don't care that you had, you know, cereal for breakfast. I wasn't really worried about that. I, I, you're a human being. You probably have to eat. Oh, so you totally abstain. Wow, I, I admire that. That That's... That's wow. Okay, all right, super. Um, so you host a very popular podcast. Let's let's talk about that. Comedy Metal Midgets available on iTunes. You launched it way back in 2011, like way before most of our like mothers, brothers, and former high school classmates launched theirs. What was it like in the early days when I'm guessing people asked you what the hell is a podcast? Um, yeah, it was tough because they they didn't know what it was, where to find it, what do I do. How do I get it? Do I need an iPod? You know, and I'm like, eventually they'll catch on. You know, you just keep putting them out every week and the people that like them, you know, will. And, and you know, with my podcast, my stuff's not topical. So people can go back to 2011 and pretty much, uh, you know, listen to all of them because I just talk, most of it is about social media and, you know, any new slang words that people are using that you never heard of. You're like, what? And everybody's using that word now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Where did this come from and why? You're just trying, you know, when you use a, a new slang word, you're basically just trying to fit in. Because everybody else is saying it. So, okay, I guess I got to say it now, too. Well, what's your feeling about the fact that just about everybody, maybe not, like if you lived in an apartment building, maybe three quarters of the people in the building would have their own podcast. What's that feel like now? It'd be like if you're a doctor and everybody's doing operations, you know, on the side. It, is it weird for you now to see all these people doing them? No, because, look, there's room for everybody. It's just a matter of finding an audience. You know, it takes it takes a while, and it's like you got to put the time in and be consistent. And if you're not, you're just going to drop off. It's just like when a million comedians start at the same time, and there's a bunch of comedians, and there's, you know, 35 people on an open mic, and every night, different guys. Like, oh, man, there's a lot of competition. Okay, but in six months, a lot of those guys are going to drop out. They can't take it. You still got to put the work in. Yeah. You know, you still got to cut your teeth, do the grunt work, and put it out every week, no matter what, and build an audience. So, you know, they'll drop off or they can't find an audience. I'm lucky enough to be on the radio or, you know, on my, land, on my live stand-up gigs to promote that I have a podcast so I can get the word out there and people find it. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it does very well on iTunes. That's that's a fact. So, um, so, so Jim, you're well known as a, a metal aficionado. I, I think I can use that word legally. So you, you've gone, you know, I mean, you have a long history in this genre. You hosted uh, the metal show on VH1, and you've opened up for like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, and a ton of other bands over the years. So my question is, how's your hearing these days? 
Um, it's funny. They, they, I just about two years ago, I started wearing earplugs for the first time. I've probably been to 400 concerts, and it, to me, it's almost like a condom. I want to go bareback. Yeah. And now I feel like with the earplugs in, I'm wearing a condom. But I, at this point, I go, I have to be safe. I got to wear a condom. Plugs, huh? Well, yeah, maybe I should check that out. Mine's about gone, but yeah, I'm going to write that down. Plugs. All right, super. Well, let's deal with some of the... Yeah, it is, but you feel like you're wearing a condom. It just doesn't feel the same. Yeah. You know, be like, I got got to do it. There's a lot of disease out there. I'm not going to get my hearing back, so I, I, I rationalize it that way. Okay, that's not. Yeah, that's, those are wise words. Um, well, in terms I've been of to 50, I've been to fifty Motorhead shows. So, oh, yeah, oh, I'm lucky I got any hearing at all. Oh my God, yeah, fifty. Wow, uh, uh, Spud. Uh, yes. You know, I, well, I'm so glad Jim has brought up the topic of earplugs. I, I don't know if you can see, but my wife bought me a pair, and I'm wearing them right now. But I, I can still hear just fine, though. Uh, hey, Jim, I, I need a moment. Uh, hey, Spud, Spud, your your lips are moving, but I I can't hear you. Can you can you speak up a bit? Oh, I can hear him just fine. R- really, Spud, Spud. Okay, Spud. What are you saying right now? I, I know you're not a big fan of wearing sound deafening plugs on the show, but I'm still enjoying our musical guest Jim, even with the plugs in. But I can't hear you. I still can't hear you. Okay, let me take out one of them. Okay, okay, go ahead and say something. You don't need freaking earplugs on this show, dude. Now let me get back to Jim. All right, I've returned. Yeah. All right, well, I, I know you got a whole lot of stuff to do, uh, uh, so let me close with this. And I, I wanted, wanted to close with a music question because that's a big part of your world. Uh, what is the most memorable live show you've ever seen? Man, that's tough. I've seen some great ones. You know, um, I know. I wanted to pin you down. You know, I've seen Rage Against the Machine in their prime like ten times with the Beastie Boys. Uh. That was amazing. You know, um, I've seen you know the original Black Sabbath got back together, and I saw them do an amazing show. That was amazing. I saw as, as a kid, as a little kid, my older brothers took me to see ACDC open for Ted Nugent at Madison Square Garden. It was Bon Scott like two months before he died. Dang! Wow. But I think the I think probably the best one so far is with me. And my I took my son, who's seven, who's in the ACDC, and we saw him at a stadium about a year and a half ago. And Brian Johnson was still in the band, and my son, you know, me growing up as an ACDC fan, going to see him all the time, and then bringing my son, and he knew like ten out of the seventeen songs that they were they played, and we were both rocking out to it. That was an amazing moment for me. All right, cool. God dang. Yeah, I wish I... Yeah, very cool story. All right. Well, let me say once again that you have a new book out titled Everybody is Awful, except you, and your podcast, Comedy Metal Midgets, is available on iTunes. Also, you can be found on Twitter at Mr. Jim Florentine. Hey, I really want to thank you so much for coming on our show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. There you have it, Mr. Jim Florentine. The excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission.
We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud, you should know we've only had two calls so far regarding this uh, catfish topic. Uh, Chance, the intern, is screening the calls, or or should I say would be if we had enough to screen. Uh, The first guy uh, he hung up on because he was deceived uh, by a policeman pretending to be a teenage girl, so he would be a potential felon, so we let him go. Uh, The other caller is still holding, and it's Accordion Joe. Uh, He he says he's got a pretty sad story that he wants to tell. Do you want to take it? Not, not really. He, he's the show's orchestra, yeah. even though he's playing on tape now and not live in the studio anymore. I, I, I think there's some sort of federal law that staff members of a show can't share their stories when the general public has been invited to participate. It's um, like he got favorable treatment. Stop being awake! But he's the only caller we have. There is no one else. Well, did Chance the intern get the number of the dude catfished by the cops? I mean, that that would be an interesting story. Is he in prison right now? And if so, we can accept his collect call as long as it's not too long. Welcome to AOL Time Warner Taco Bell U.S. Government Long Distance. Please say the name of the person you wish to call. I would like to hear what Accordion Joe had happened to him. He's a very interesting guy, you know. I mean, how many Elvis impersonating accordion players are there in the world? Yeah, but once he gets on the line, you cannot get rid of him. When I hang up on him, which I'm going to have to do, he leaves me all these angry rants on my voicemail. They, they fill up my inbox, man. Oh, dear. Well, we, we could talk about what I mentioned to you before we went on the air. I think people would be really interested. No, no one, in no I- one is interested in talking about canning food. Not not since the 1800s. You would be surprised how many millions of people still can their own food each fall. It's a family Holcomb tradition. Um, um, you suck. Yeah, I'm with Spud on that one. I say put Accordion Joe on. Well, tell Chance the intern to put him through. I I can do this. Let's just, yeah, let's go with it. Hey, Hey, Joe, are you there? Joe, are you there? I think we lost him, Spud. Well, maybe that's a blessing. <laughs> hey, I'm here. Oh, oh, oh he's, he's here. Whatever. He is here. Yeah. Okay, Joe, you've already used up seven seconds of your allotted airtime with the topic, so... Wait a minute. I'm not done yet. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Enough. Please, sorry. Please, sorry. I can't handle this. That's, I cannot handle this. Nice. Hey, I was getting the rocking, man. Yeah, okay. They said you had something to offer regarding the catfish topic. Um, we got to go, so you don't have anything, right? Yeah, no, no, listen. Okay, okay. So I've been listening to the show, and here's what's been going down. And I hope that will help others out there listening so they won't be destroyed emotionally and financially spread like I was. I mean, I'm still finding to myself this damn crying at hours at a time, Spud. Yeah. I think the reason why is I've just been, like, so unhappy. Okay, when did this happen? Oh, wow, this is... it, it happened about four and a half oh, years ago this summer, and it, it seems like it was just yesterday, though. This is the best we could come up with on this topic? Some lame story that happened four and a half years ago? Yeah, you know, my canning discussion doesn't sound so lackluster now, does it, Spud? No, no, yeah. it doesn't. Oh, so, hey, listen, do you want to hear about my story or not, damn it? Well, it better be tragic enough. There's no tragedy here. Hey, listen. So I got this email from what I thought was a hot chick, okay? And she said she was 64 years old, which was, you know, right in the range I used for my friend finder ad. Well, anyway, 
you know, I like them a little older, but hey, I try to be flexible and not show younger women uh, like that. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. Hey, hey, I love Friend Finder. It was my favorite dating site before I started going out with Chance. Oh, that's good to know, Aunt Dorothy. Joe, how long is yeah. the story going to take? We've already wasted way too much time already. Well, hey, listen, this is a talk show, right? I mean, I'm yeah. talking and would like to finish my story here, damn it. Hey, 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 you shut your face! Uh, you know, Joe, we appreciate you calling in, but we have a real guest waiting to speak with Spud, someone famous. Oh, oh, I get it. I mean, I spend the best of my years, the best of my years serving as the orchestra for this lousy, lame TV show, and now I'm treated like one of those Millie Vanilli dudes. Well, we don't have the TV show anymore. This is this is just the radio show. We just use you on like a recorded version of you. So, but anyway, I got to do this interview with a real guest right now. So, just call back after I'm done with it. Hey, uh, but that young punk of uh, a chance, the intern dude. Yeah. Hey, listen, that little nincompoop. He never takes my calls. You know, the little think. I call in each week, and I never get on the damn air. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. All right, I promise we'll take your call. I got to go now. D dump this call, please. And now, Mr. Temporary Co-host, just check and see if our next guest is ready to go. Yeah, and by the way, it's a Temporary Permanent Co-host. And Chance the Intern just said your first guest, uh, I'm sorry, your next guest, Marin Ireland, is waiting to speak with you. M Marin Ireland? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Marin, like the county. Yes, good. I, I really dig the show she's on now, Sneaky Pete. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. Season 2 is up now. I'm pumped. Yes! Sneaky Pete. Now, is that a cartoon? No, it is not a cartoon. It stars the really hot Giovanni Ribisi. I love that show, too. Really? Yes. Um... Yeah, really. Now, Marin's been in a ton of cool indie movies, too, and, and she was on uh, a couple seasons of Homeland on Showtime. Homeland. Now, is that a German show? I love the poorly educated. Uh, no, it is not. Just put her through. Here she is. Please say hello to actress Marin Ireland. We appreciate you checking in with us. Hi, how are you guys doing? Uh, excellent, actually. So the series you co-star in, Sneaky Pete, streaming on Amazon Prime, is coming back for season two now, which makes me happy as I've been waiting for it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I usually watch like eight to ten hours of, of the shows that I watch every day. So uh, I think I penciled in Tuesday of next week as Sneaky Pete Day. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. So. Oh, great. <laughs> yep. I like that. Maybe we should make that like a holiday. What's, what's the date next Tuesday? We should make that... Uh... Hey, so Giovanni Ribisi stars, and it's co-produced by Brian Cranston. How would you describe the show to the listeners? Well, Sneaky Pete is about uh, a con man, played by Giovanni Ribisi, who, the simplest way to put it, he gets out of prison, and in order to hide from the bad guys who are still after him, he assumes the identity of his cellmate, right. um, whose name is Pete who will still be in prison, and Pete has been estranged from his family for about 20 years, so uh, Giovanni's character, Marius, looks a lot like him, so he goes for it. So uh, he goes to move in with these um, bail bond folks in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and, uh, and tries to... The first season is about him trying to get uh, money to get his brother out of trouble um, and, and try to kind of keep this Pete ruse going as long as he can. And the second season is... Uh, the simplest way to put it also is about kind of 
Now it's actually a bad thing that people think he's Pete because it turns out Pete was in trouble himself. So right. he's now got the script flipped on him that now it turns out to be kind of a bad news that he's Pete. Oh. Well, you know, you play Julia, the, the daughter of, of Margot Martindale's character on the show. Julia seems to be a, a serious smoker. Can I ask just how many cigarettes you have to smoke during an average day on the set? <laughs> well, Julia's actually Margot's granddaughter. She, oh, okay. She, she'll be, uh, be remiss if I didn't mention that. But, um, you know, I know we, it's funny. Whenever you get that, see that in the script, you try to figure out a way to do it so you don't have to smoke a zillion cigarettes a day. So I... <laughs> Um, and luckily, at least also, nobody in the on the show approves of it. Um, I mean, Margot's character, all of them are always giving Julia uh, much deserved. Um, I don't know if I can swear on this, but uh, they're, 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 they're not crazy about that fact. So, <laughs> um, and it is funny. There's probably, there's probably, what is it, two, maybe two or three so far a year. And we've usually gotten it to the point where I'm either like putting it out or just lighting it so that I only have to do a, a couple puffs uh, a take because it can get a little crazy. Yeah, all right. A little crazy. You, you'll be surprised. Sometimes you end up going through like a whole pack of those fake cigarettes, which is pretty disgusting. Oh, they're fake. Okay, all right. Now we got, they just broke the wall. Oh, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. super. Well, you know, oh, you, yeah. s- you start in theater in 2001, and later in your Broadway debut, you were nominated for a Tony in 2013 and mm-hmm. Reasons to be Pretty. It seems like doing a play is a lot more work than doing a movie or TV show, and I've heard from many that there's no decent... Craft services, which to me is number one, um, that would be a deal breaker. <laughs> Does it have any upside? Um, yeah, you know there are no craft services, which is a major bummer. Yes, I'm still working on that with the with the unions. Um, I, you know, it's funny. There's such different experiences to me, and I think of them as so complementary. Um, and so the thing about theater that's really fun, besides the fact that the the audience, which is a major thing, that the audience is right there with you. And so it's such a, a live kind of thrilling experience that like, can never be replicated. Whatever happened that night happens that night. But it's an experience where, you know, you start the show, you go on stage at the beginning of the show, and it's like the ride starts. It's like, for me, it's like what people must like about getting, I don't like roller coasters, but I think that's because it's like what it feels like to me going to work. Like when I'm doing a play, it feels like getting on the, top, getting on the roller coaster and you don't get off till it's done. And then you like you then you did the, you told the whole story every night. You go through beginning to end, and you get a chance to try it again, the whole thing, and deliver like a whole story to to a group of people, a group of strangers in the dark. You know, you deliver this whole story. You get off the ride, and you kind of had this like exhilarating roller coaster ride experience. But so, it's the same story though, though right? The same exact story every night. How would yeah, have a problem with that? Yeah, but the people in the audience have never the people in the audience have never heard it before. That that's night, true. That's you true. Know? Yes. So you have this, you get this great feeling of being able to deliver the story, and especially a lot of cases, hearing their audible reactions, not just laughing, but sometimes gasping or, you know, sighing or whatever. And it's a very intimate connection to a group of strangers, like listening and getting to tell this story to them in real time. Uh, Spud. Yes. Well, as you may remember. I was a very accomplished community theater actor at one point in my life. Uh, Once, we had our first child, Gerald Jr. I had to take a sabbatical from acting. But I do plan on returning to the stage one day when the kids are gone. Uh, Just a moment, Marin. No one cares about your community theater background, okay? Well, I'm interviewing someone who was nominated for a flippant Tony Award. 
Well, at one time, I myself received sterling reviews for my work on the Fantastics, Oklahoma, and also at a church musical where I was the featured vocalist. I sang lead in four Mormon hymns. You know, sometime I could maybe do one of those songs on the air. Maybe like a, an up-tempo tune that might go over well with non-church members. Not when I'm in the studio. Do you want to get this show canceled by every station we are on now? Mm-hmm. I would rather burn in hell for eternity. Yeah, yeah. Th- this show is a hymn-free zone, man. Well, right? uh-huh. Now let me get back to Marin. Okay, I am very sorry about that, but I'm back. Oh, sure. Well, I got to hit you with this one. Your, your first TV gig was on Law & Order in 2003, and then you did another role in 2013 on Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Did you find that criminal activity had changed much over the years? <laughs> well, I, um, yeah, over the years, I definitely, you know, my the fun thing for me, though, was graduating from not just being uh an almost victim. My very first job, I wasn't even real. I was didn't even get killed by the bad guy. My very first job, you know, the, my very first job, I just was like, a, a missed the mark for that guy. He like tried to poison me and he didn't succeed. And I sort of was, I was neither the victim nor the perpetrator. And then I graduated. I was a killer on a Law and Order. That was exciting. That'd be and fun. then I was like, then I got to be the sister of of Peter Scanavino's character on SVU. So. I graduated from the not even having to be involved in the crime directly. So that, you know, so, you know, that, that for me, I felt like, well, I must be doing something right because I, I, I got more and more agency as, as the years have gone by. Super. Well, you know, let me hit with the last <laughs> question. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about catfishing during the show. Do you know anyone like friends or coworkers who have ever been catfished? Probably not, but I had to ask. I'm just curious. Gosh, you know, not that I know of, but now I'm going to go back through all my uh, all my internet uh, relationships and 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 probably have to have to you know double check because I feel like the, the just the mention of that word always makes me feel a little paranoid. Yeah, I know. I just had to ask, but we were talking about it on the show. So, <laughs> all right. Well, I know you got to scoot. So let me remind everyone that season two of Sneaky Pete uh, re- returns for streaming now yes. on Amazon Prime. It's a really good show, so everyone needs to check it out. All right, well, thank you so much for putting up with me and uh, coming on our show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I had a great time. I appreciate it. All right, Ms. Marin, Ireland. For all who love beautiful music, there's one program you must hear. This is a Spud Spud Goodman Goodman Show. Okay, it is musical guest interview time, so welcome Jim Bassnight and his band. Hey, hey, Jim, can, can you introduce yourself and then your band members so I can get a few second break here to get a fresh bottle of Pepto-Bismol? Yeah, I could do that, no problem. Uh, I'll introduce myself, I'm Jim Bassnight. Uh, right over here, I got Mike Rollins on the bass. He and I have been playing together for over 21 years, somewhere in between 21 and 22. Back here, we got Dave Warburton on the drums. He's a... Uh, versatile drummer part of our family and we just do we just do it night in night out all right super i'm, I'm, I'm back yeah, yeah so yeah. i'm gonna re- res- assume my duties here all right don't get too cocky over there okay um you look like you actually enjoyed that well, uh, so yeah. so uh you perform in a variety of forms jim as a solo act as a member of the great band the moberlies yep and also with your own band does it get confusing at times knowing what songs to play not really that's pretty pretty pedestrian 
what what impression to do on the microphone is a little harder. I got to come up with the right one at the right time. All right. By the way, Dave plays in the Moberlies too. Dave yeah. is in the Moberlies. I happen to recognize nope. him. He's, he's quite yeah, famous. He's, yeah, exactly. Yes. He's well known. I wouldn't go that far. All right. Well, um, Jim, you're a hoop aficionado. What's am, your man. take on one and done in college basketball? You know, with the shoe companies paying some kids major bucks out of high school, should they be forced to take a pay cut and slum it for a season in college before declaring for the draft or not? Well, they're not forced now. They can go to Europe if they're good enough to make money over there or wherever, overseas, China, whatever. And then they could also play in, in the G League if they're good enough to cut that too, which is not good money, but it's, you know, playing against professionals. So, you know, I don't know. I think it would be nice if uh, the NBA would just cut that loose, to be honest with you. It's the NBA that does it. It's not college basketball. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. back to music. Um, okay. Do you see a future for rock music commercially? Because I'm getting kind of concerned. At the least, you know, on TV, you just don't see much of it these days. It's like it's gone underground, like bum fighting or something. Well, rock and roll, you know, it's going to continue happening. Uh, and it, it would, you know, I think the, the, the less money and, uh, and adulation that goes into it, probably the better music's going to get done. So I'm good with it either way. Right. You know, you know, on Saturday Night Live, it's like it's the anti-rock zone there nowadays. I mean, they had some young YouTube kid on a few months ago, and he looked like he would have got his butt kicked at any decent karaoke night. It's just getting kind of sad. That's it, just my take. Uh, it, I'm with you on this one. I'm with, uh, but I, yes, I do. I do appreciate a, a good rock and roll band. But, you know, I mean, the thing is, the, in the bits of the Depression, that's when electric guitar, blues, drummers playing this kind of music first started and no one was making any money, so yeah. uh, they started in the midst of the Depression. All right. Well, hey, what's the name of the next song? All right. This next one here is called Best Lover in the World. Okay, let's do it. Well, I want you to be my girl The best lover in the world And I want you to be the one to tame it to the morning sun. Gonna tell you something to let you know I care. I put my arms around you because you make me, make me feel that you'll always be there. Always be there. Always be the one. Cause I want you to be my girl Cause you're the best lover in the world And I want you to take my hand Cause I'm always gonna be your man It doesn't matter where we meet It doesn't matter why I see your face on in this street And I know right then and there That we'll never see I want you to be my girl 
Goodman Radio Show. Hey, this is Michael Bacon from the Bacon Brothers. This is Kevin Bacon. Somehow we ended up on the Spud Goodman Show. How'd that happen? Hey, uh, Spud, your final guest, Joe Satriani, is on the line waiting to speak with you. Now, I, I think his son is also going to be involved in the interview. Okay, cool. You know, Joe was on the show a couple of years ago. This dude can play the guitar, man. He, he's one of the best on earth. You know, I, I'm not real up on the rock people, as, as you know. Yeah. Uh, is he one of those, uh, in one of those uh, uh, emo bands? I, that's uh, frankly offensive. Oh, dear God. Seriously, Gerald, you really what? have no clue about music, do you? Oh, I still have a decent vinyl copy of Joe Satriani's Surfing with the Alien. Well, listen, I may not be an expert on rock and roll, but I'm very well versed in show tunes and smooth jazz. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, that knowledge is, is coming real handy on this show. All right? Just put Joe through, yep, Here he is. Welcome to the show, uh, musician Joe Satriani and his son Zizi. Um, hey, thanks for calling in, guys. Thank you, Spud. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys have a new documentary out titled Joe Satriani, Beyond the Supernova, airing on the Axis Channel, debuting on Wednesday at 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Uh, yeah, and uh, ZZ, you directed it, right? I did, yes. Super. Um, well, tell me the where the inspiration came uh, to, to do this project. Um, um, well, ZZ, go ahead and take that one, all right? Okay, um, so I, so I've been filming my dad for quite some time, just kind of doing behind the scenes, you know, filming for just for fun or for online purposes, DVD purposes. So uh, I wasn't doing anything at that time, uh, 2016, uh, around the summer, and uh, just went out to do some yeah behind the scenes filming, and then I went on a second tour in 2017 and. After that one, realized that we kind of had enough material to do something bigger, something cooler, and there was some interest in um, other people. So we were like, "Let's let's you know see what we can do out of this." So we made a, a kind of a story out of it, developed a narrative, and it all kind of came together. Um, yeah. Well, Joe, I got I got to say this: you, you're considered a guitar god. I mean, you're the world's most commercially successful solo guitar performer with six gold and platinum discs so far. But I got to ask you this: was the first song you ever played "Louie Louie" like just the rest of us normal humans? Oh God, um, I wasn't even that good. Um, I you know I started out as a drummer at the age of nine, so I struggled um, with that whole idea of trying to. You know, be a beginner musician. When I switched to guitar, because of that experience with the drums and even the piano, I decided not to bother trying to play other songs that were popular. So, in that way, I avoided, you know, Louie Louie and the rest of it. And I had a chord chart, and um, I just decided I'm just going to learn these chords and write my own songs. That was my sort of wonderful naivete that. Uh, got me over that hurdle and so the 
for a good number of months, the first songs that I learned how to play were things that I was writing myself. They weren't any good, but it was that sort of process of um, getting familiar with the guitar by way of my own material that sort of shaped how I would um, continue to grow as a guitar player. Oh. Not really basing my, um, uh, you know, my, my early foundation on other people's music. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> okay. You know, for other people, because uh, what would happen is I get together with some friends and they'd say, "Oh, you play guitar," and they say, "Can you play Louie Louie?" And I'd go, "No," you know, <laughs> but I can play the song I wrote yesterday. And of course, no one was ever interested. But um, yeah, that kind of makes uh, you gifted, realized, doesn't it? That kind of puts you in a different class than us normal humans. So I mean, you you must have been born with. I don't know. That's that's amazing that you just skipped Louie Louie. That's mind blowing. <laughs> it is funny because it's there are songs you can't escape you know if you ever go to like to uh take guitar lessons you know and you're a beginner uh teachers generally throw out the same 20 songs you yep. know um but i guess that bored me to death I'm, i don't know like i said because i'd spent a few years being a student of the drums i kind of been through that student process and i just had no patience for it well, you have taught the guitar way back. Um, can, can I ask if the calluses on your finger have calluses too? Because I try to play guitar once a year and it hurts my fingers as they're soft as a baby's butt. How does a beginner toughen them up without wasting hours and hours practicing? Uh, well, you know what I tell people is don't practice for hours and hours. If you're a beginner, 45 minutes to an hour and then stop and oh. go out to fun, live some life, you know, do whatever you want to do. Um, that sort of, uh, you know, uh, going into a practice session that lasts three or four or six or 12 hours. I mean, if you've got repertoire that you have to memorize for a classical recital or, you know, a long involved theater or a rock show, then yeah, you can spend time on it. But physically, it begins to be damaging if you spend too much time practicing, especially if you're doing things over and over again the same way, then you run the risk of repetitive stress. So. Um, you know, you got to give your body time to uh, to sort of put together what it is that you've just taught it, and it takes about 24 hours. So, um, when when it comes to that sort of practicing scales and learning new chords and stuff like that, keep it under an hour and and then take a long break. And um, and but you, if you do it every day and you're consistent and you keep showing yourself new things, um, you have a better chance at um, at progressing uh, more quickly, and then you won't even think about those calluses. Well, they won't hurt them. All right, super. Well, uh, uh, Spud, what? Well, if if I might interject here. Uh, hey, uh, Joe, just give me a second. Well, speaking of playing a mu musical instrument, yeah. uh, you know, our youngest, Dwight, is learning to play the French horn. I, I really need to pass on to him what Joe just said about too much practice time. As, my gosh, he sure seems to love that instrument because he practices okay, okay. like four or five hours a day now. Yeah. I must say... I hear that darn thing in my sleep. Uh, my wife has been forced to go outside for hours at a time when he's home practicing. Um, I don't think Joe said anything about too much practice time on the French horn. Well, I'm sure your kid is fine to play it all day and night if he wants to. Hey, Spud, remember when you took lessons to learn the tambourine in junior high? Yep. You took that tambourine everywhere you went. I, I myself found it to be a really annoying instrument, if you can call it that. 
Uh, the tambourine is a highly respected musical instrument, Aunt Dorothy. Uh, I don't I think met so. a lot of girls in high school through my tambourine playing. They loved it. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think the tambourine is a real instrument either. I'm just saying. Uh, did I ask for your opinion? I got to get back to Joe. We're on a few hard rock radio stations, and I was, and I, you know, they put up with me being kind of a low testosterone wuss. Is there any band out there right now that turns your crank someone that you think has a bright future? Uh, sure. Um, I would say uh, Rave and I from from England. Um, they're a little bit more. Um, they're less, maybe uh, less retro than uh, Greta Van Fleet, um, and and uh, they're. Fantastic trio. Uh, the guitar player Ollie Brown is insane. Um, I mean, he's a he's a great player with a lot of depth and and musicality, but he also knows how to play crazy solos while he's, you know, jumping on his bass player's shoulders and and you know, jumping around stage and putting on a great show. So, I mean, it is show business after all. So, right, right. Um, that's I, I I think that's extremely important. Um, but there are plenty of uh, bands out there. I think that um, continually uh, they surprise, which I, I think is so important. Um, and you never know where it's going to come from. You know, I just finished the G3 with with John Petrucci and Phil Collin, and I think Phil Collin blew people away every night because they weren't really ready for what an incredible guitar play he was in on that shred level. They knew who he was through Def Leppard the last 30 years, you know, uh, being part of an amazing band, but to see him stand out and, and stand right next to John Petrucci and, and play just as many notes and then play Delta Blues and, and play Slide and, uh, and sing all at the same time, uh, it, it, that was pretty amazing. All right, super. Th- thank you for that. Uh, well, I, I know you and ZZ got to probably take a meeting or something, so I'll let you guys go. But I want to remind everyone that the new documentary, Joe Satriani, Beyond the Supernova, is airing on the Access Channel, debuting on Wednesday at 10, 7 Pacific. And it'll be available, it will be available, I've, I read this, uh, throughout March via On Demand at the channel. So thanks a whole bunch for coming back on our show. Thank you, Spud. Spud, yes. you really need to take Accordion Joe's call. I mean, you promised. Well, it's not like a promise is a signed, legally binding agreement. I mean, what's he going to do, sue me? Uh, okay. Okay. Have a chance the intern tell him this has to be quick, though, all right? I can't, I can't believe we didn't get a decent caller about this catfish stuff. Yeah. I, I thought there'd be tons of people calling in on it. Well, maybe they're too embarrassed to do so publicly. Some of us don't particularly enjoy sharing moments in our life where we use poor judgment, you know? Um, I, Aunt Dorothy, uh, have uh, you been catfished? Seriously? Seriously. Do tell. Um, geez. And the uglier the story, the better. We need some help here. Hey, yeah. Oh, sorry. I have nothing further to add on this topic. Oh, all right. Well, okay. So should we put Accordion Joe through? I can sense he's getting agitated being on hold so long. Yeah, he's such a temperamental baby at times. I have a winning temperament. I know how to win. Put him through. Joe, are you there? What the hell do you think? So, can I finish my damn story Watch now? Watch the attitude, okay? But, all right, just just make it quick. So, what's been happening for almost seven months, I thought I was having an online experience with an ex-teacher hottie from Plano, Texas. 
Like I said before, I thought she was 64, and from her picture, she didn't look a day over 61, which is just about my cutoff line yeah, I know with you prospective said that dates. Yeah, okay, you know, Spad, I just can't relate to the young women out there these days. Most of them are Democrats, and they like the damn wine. I mean, a lot. Those are deal breakers for me, Spud. Well, as a mother, I would think that she would not want to be drunk at the putt-putt. Uh, this is good to know, Joe. So, uh, but where's the really sad story? How you were like wiped out financially and left an emotional wreck? I, I don't see the tragedy angle, and I sense listeners are fleeing us by the second. Spud, give him a chance to tell his story. M- maybe there'll be sufficiently tragic elements to still make this work. Oh, there was tragedy, all right. I got took for about six hundred dollars. Eh, give or take a few cents. She got me to buy her some. Some of those damn gift cards to Forever 21 and some really expensive makeup from, uh, I think it was called Sapporo, something like that. Anyway, she loved that stuff. And let me tell you guys, that stuff is not cheap. You had me at hello. Oh, and that was not a decent clue that you were being played here? Come on. No. Why? All I can say is it caused me a lot of time and effort to clear up, Spud. I mean, I had to change my damn email address. So, Joe, who was it? Well, as it turns out, this was not the same 64-year babe from Texas. No, no. It was a 23-year-old massage therapist from Sacramento, California. I got a hoodwink by her. I got slammed. Yeah, okay. I don't know if dropping 600 bucks on some... You know, massage therapist really qualifies as a tear-jerking moment here. I mean, I'm just really disappointed we wasted all this airtime for that payoff. I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there. Hey, don't you want to hear how she pulled this operation off? I guess she used her grandmother to pretend she was her on our FaceTime calls, and she was quite a looker. Okay, okay. I mean, it got hot and heavy at times. I don't need and to. And so know. I just didn't, you know, I didn't see the same. I just the, don't want to even think about that. You know Got to erase that from my hard drive right now. All right. Uh, Joe, you you really only have yourself to blame here. If you could have just kept your hormones in check, you wouldn't have been so vulnerable to being deceived. So why pause to take a pill? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what those Russian intelligence guys bank on with their compromat or whatever it's called, horny men. I I think some other guy we all know, he's kind of famous, you know, may have let those hormones get the best of him in that bedwetting incident in a hotel in Moscow, as he made some poor choices, too. Does anybody really believe that story? I'm also very much of a germaphobe, by the way. You're crying. What can I say? I mean, at the time, I was pretty lonely, you know? I mean, right now, though, right now, I have more dates than I have time for. But believe me, after that little experience, I'll always ask for pictures ID and a birth certificate with a notary seal. We got to go now. I I need to close the show. Somebody on the board, dump the call, please. I I can't do it. Hey, 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 but I haven't told you about it. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, he's gone. Uh, Spud, I got to tell you, I'm with you on this one. I guess I made a mistake going with Accordion Joe's call on this topic. Oh, really? Very disappointing. Hey, Bud, what's your problem? Yeah, sorry, Gerald. That had to be the weakest catfish story ever. Well, I got to say, you had your opportunity, Aunt Dorothy. You could have saved the show, uh, as I'm just... 
You know, I'm guessing your story would have made everyone listening feel like really creepy and uncomfortable and also maybe elicit some extreme sympathy for you. Oh, can, no. can you keep that story on hold? As we will need it someday on a show that needs some, you know, sexually explicit material. Oh, we brother. always need to go to that well sometimes, you know, just there's a need. So just don't forget that. All right. Okay. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. Once again, here is the Jim Bass Night Band. Show is produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions and recorded at NWCZ Radio. Engineer Trevor Jastad, executive producer Lori Madsen. Written and directed by Spud Goodman. Associate producer and video director TJ Pites. Production assistants Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On air talent Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs>